Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Got my tuxedo on because I want to look important. Stupid my rock star because I want to feel like, well, a rock star. My whole goal on this show is to get you to retirement. My goal is to get 20-somethings thinking about money, if not to start so they can make some mistakes. To get 30-somethings serious about money so they can save a little bit more if they start falling behind. I've got a noble goal on this show. Will I hit it every single time? Probably not. I'll fail. We all do. It's normal. It's pretty healthy. Um, but as long as I drag you a little bit closer every day, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I recently read an article that talked about home ownership in the United States. And I think home ownership is really, really tricky. Most people on radio and television are trying to sell you something. And if they're not, their commercials are. For instance, I will never buy a mattress from Sleep Train. Why? Because they aggressively market on sports radio. And if you shop around radio stations and costs and everything, you'll learn that the only real radio that's rocking and rolling right now is sports radio and sometimes Spanish radio. So the ones that are rocking and rolling, they're still able to charge a premium price. And if Sleep Train can pay so much money in advertising, it tells me that they're probably making up for it with pretty average to below average product or something that's wildly marked up. It's just the way I think. Could I be totally wrong? Absolutely. I tend to think that the best things in the world don't have to advertise. Just my opinion. Again, I could be totally wrong. So I saw that home ownership as an all-time low in the United States. And I started the show by saying, some days I come out of the gate and, like, I'm awesome. I'm a rock star. I'm important. I help you. And some days I fail. 
On the opposite side of it, when you see that home ownership is at an all-time low, stop and suck that one in for a second. Suck it in like the first time you're having a cigar. Try to draw as much in as you can. Home ownership at an all-time low. Okay. What's that mean? Could it get worse? Absolutely. Does it mean that we're a nation of renters? Absolutely. Yes, no. Because let's get a little bit further into it. The Census Bureau's quarterly report came out recently and showed that the share of Americans who own a home fell to 62.9% in the second quarter, matching 1965 as the lowest reading on record. Now, when we were this low in 1965, did we go to 0% ownership? No. Now, And we're at 62.9% ownership, which is... Don't look at it as your high school math test. I think a 62.9 is probably a D in high school math. But this isn't high school math. This is a scenario where 67, 68% home ownership is too hot. 62.9 is too cold. And that's okay. Because we got something that can warm up that porridge down the road. Tentative signs of recovering home ownership at the end of last year proved to be a false down. With the labor market performing pretty well, housing fairly valued, and credit conditions gradually improving, the latest reading should mark the floor. So home ownership should go up from here. What's that tell you? Home Depot? Ding, 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 ding. Lowe's? Ding, 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 ding. Masco? Williams-Sonoma? There's some wonderful investments out there. Sherwin-Williams? Yes, 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 yes. Because when people own homes, what do they do? Oh, I'm just going to let this rot and decay. No, 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 no. That's what you do in your apartment. That's what you do in your rental. A growing number of people are choosing to rent instead of buy homes as a longer-term plan. Oh, man, that just threw a curveball in my thought, Right? Longer-term plan, this is especially true for millennials. Homeownership amongst people age 18 to 34 fell to 34.1% from 34.8%. That's a pretty big drop. It's the largest drop amongst all age groups. So millennials, once again, damn you millennials and your hip-hop culture and your excellent beards and hairstyling products for men. So millennials are constantly in my mind. What they're buying, what they're not buying... They're about experiences, homes versus no homes. The millennial homeownership rate continues to decline. It's important to note that the decrease could be just as likely due to a new renter household formation, as is their ability to buy homes. So some millennials are saying, Mom, Dad, Ma'am, Dad, I'm moving out. And Mom or Dad, sweet, me and your father can start smoking weed again. No, 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 no. That's not what your parents are saying. Maybe what they're doing, but that's not what they're saying. So the millennial moves out, and first thing first, he's going to get an apartment. Down the road, he's going to learn apartment living is not for me. I've lived with other men before in my 20s and lived with some women. Um, my first rental situation out of college was living with three drop-dead gorgeous women. And you would have thought that I was the, the Prince of Bel-Air. New, 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 new. I learned that women are filthy. Much dirtier than men. But they put on a good game face on Friday night. 
so the latest, this, all this data shows us that probably what's going to happen, if we go back to a historical norm, if we go with the thought that water finds its own level, that millennials will go from renting to going, I don't really want to live with someone, to I want to own my own place. So condos and apartments could start seeing buyers down the road. The latest drop in data shows that homeownership rose in just one category. That's amongst 35 to 44-year-old people. As the millennials get a little bit older, they're going to say, you know what, I now have the ways and means to buy my own home. So if millennials follow suit, they get a little bit of uh, slowly rising income, easier credit conditions, steadier economy. Home ownership rate should rise over the next 18 months, making Home Depot, Lowe's, Williams-Sonoma, Masco, all pretty good ideas. You can find others in that in the group of housing and home improvement. Um, you can find companies like Wells Fargo, which obviously is going to be a big player in mortgages. And there's no shame against owning that. You know who owns Wells Fargo? A little man named Warren Buffett. One of the smartest investors of all time. One of the greatest investors of all time. If Michael Jackson ruled the basketball court, Warren Buffett rules the world of investments. So what should you buy when it comes time to buy a home? You want to know that it's a process. You want to know that you should take nothing personally. It may seem obvious, but it's worth keeping in mind that when you're buying a home, there's a lot of other people that are looking at that same exact place. If you want to know the truth when you're buying a home, there's a lot of paperwork. When you're refinancing a mortgage, there's a lot of paperwork. And just when you think you're done with paperwork, guess what? There's more paperwork. So my advice is be patient. Figure out what you can qualify for. Take your time. Move away from mom and dad. Underbuy. Don't overbuy. Later in life, if you want to overbuy, when you have more resources, that's great. Your first home should be a rat hole. I know you're saying rat hole. Sweet. Home sweet rat hole. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I gave you some investments, and I gave you some ideas. There. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Trying to find happiness in the world of investing. Happiness in the world of life, trying to help you get there. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it certainly helps on a lot of levels. Um, Children, eh, they probably help too. So I'm with that. I find ourselves, or we find ourselves, I find myself, where I wake up super early. One of the first things I do is I scan the news. It's just habit, right? 
I work in a world where I have to talk to you <laughs> with an open microphone for a long period of time. And the first thing I look for is news. And sadly, most days, I feel like I'm looking at a lot of atrocities. The influence that technology and social media has over our lives continues to grow exponentially. I like shares of Facebook, I can't lie. Not because of Facebook. I think I find Facebook to be a stupid book. I find it to be like, hey, look at my friend, Smelly. She's so happy. She's visiting her friends in Colorado. She's visiting her friends in Hawaii. Look, she's seeing her college friends, and they look great. The reality is she doesn't have a job. The reality is her husband doesn't have a job. And drinky drinks drinks. The reality is he hasn't had a job in two years. So I find myself knowing that social media is super important as an investment because somehow Facebook is is pulling us off. I'll log in later today, maybe tonight while I'm falling asleep. I'll see my friend who just went to a Pink Floyd concert and had a great time. And then he goes home to his chihuahua in his 400-square-foot apartment and basically cries himself to sleep that life isn't fair. As a society, we continue to rebound from tragedies. It hasn't left us jaded, or has it? I feel jaded. When I saw the Republican and Democratic conventions for 2016, I don't think I believed anything that anyone was saying. And when you see the arguments they're making, it just seems like they're making it to try to win, not to sell themselves. Whether it's an ISIS attack, a black shooting, you can feel a lot of hopelessness in the humanity of the great sea that's out there. I've traveled for most of my adult life, or most of my life. My father was in the military, and I went from country to country to country. I feel that that helped me enormously. Um, Every time I traveled, I got to reinvent myself. So when I went from first grade to second grade, I got a chance to, like, go, okay, maybe in the next place I live, I'll tell the kids in third grade that I was a a police officer in Turkey or Greece or wherever I previously lived. I find that to be refreshing to be able to reinvent yourself. Connections that you make with people, strangers around the world, that can add rich, meaningful, and powerful thoughts in your head that ultimately be kind of high and in a good place. So... I will post this on Facebook because <laughs> I think Facebook is an important investment. They've got Instagram that they haven't started to figure out. They haven't really started to monetize yet. They've got WhatsApp. And you're talking about apps that have almost a billion or a billion users. And when you have a billion users, you look at the Super Bowl. And how many people watch the Super Bowl every year? Like 102, 108 million. It's always some impressive number. And then you could go to Facebook and you're talking about 1 billion people plus using it. Year over year. No, no. Average monthly users. No, no. Daily users. Some days, yeah. So the fact that they can host a Super Bowl for advertisers as far as eyeballs go is pretty impressive. No, they don't have Tom Brady completing a touchdown. But they certainly have the money to buy the NFL and the NFL broadcasting rights. 
we'll see how that plays out in the not-so-distant future. So you got to invest in social media. What else do you have to invest in? How about some consumer staple stocks? So some stuff that you put in your body, some food that goes in your belly, 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 right? How about some energy stocks? When I was a kid, and when I was talking about a kid, when I was like five, six, I remember seeing a television commercial, and it was this American Indian, and he's looking at a, a heap of trash or something, and he's, he's got a tear that comes down his eyes. And for some reason, I was like, the end of the world. It's the end of the world. That's what it kind of felt like, right? Um, we've been saying for a long period of time that peak oil and energy problems, and I don't know. It seems to me like there's always people on the road, right? It's what it feels like to me. So, um, So you have to own an energy stock. If you want to own a solar stock, it's going to be more risk. Because if you look at the roads out there, and if you look at how many people have solar panels on their on their house, it's still, in large part, a minority. So you have to know that. I own shares of a company called PepsiCo. I wish it was called Pepsi, but it's called PepsiCo. It was founded in 1898. That's older than my pappy. And my pappy's pappy, and maybe even my pappy's pappy's pappy, which I never knew my dad's dad. But they produce and sell foods and drinks. Listen to what they make. Lays, ruffles, Doritos, Tostitos, Cheetos, Quaker Oatmeal, Mountain Dew, Gatorade, 7-Up, Tropicana. Wait, wait, Tropicana? They own an orange juice company? Gatorade, which has got to be the biggest con in the whole world, right? It's a sports drink. No, it's just sugary water. It's really bad for your kids' teeth. You know, hey, juniors playing t-ball, better give them some Gatorade. On average, 11 of the top 15 selling products in convenience stores come from PepsiCo. So today when you're going into 7-Eleven, know that 11 of the top 15 selling products come from Pepsi. Lay's is the best world is the world's best selling snack food brand. They had sales of about a hundred million dollars fifty years ago. Today it's thirty billion dollars. Pepsi's Pepsi's not going to go out of business. It was around when your pappy's pappy pappy was a kid. Eighteen ninety eight. Are you with me or are you against me? Because you have to choose a side. Back when your pappy's pappy's pappy was around, he chose the north or the south. He was in a civil war. Now you are in a war. Are you with me or against me? you got to own some Pepsi. And then you know what you can do? Go make love to your spouse. Be in a happy place. Be in a sad place. But you got to own high-quality companies that pay a little bit of a dividend that you feel comfortable with. We'll talk about these ideas more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show.
We're back in. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Thanks for listening. you got to be careful who you work with. I got into the industry many, 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 many years ago, and one of the first people I worked with was quite a character, and I was kind of a support person, giving him financial ideas, stock investments, and he was kind of crazy. He would say things like, I'm going to visit the world, the land of one-hand clappers. <laughs> he's like, that's kind of weird. But even got weirder. He was big into Italian suits and Italian watches and Italian shoes and told me I should be too. So at that point in time, I went to Macy's or somewhere like that and bought sweater vests. Um, I bought a year's supply of sweater vests just to spite the guy. Like, I don't think you should have to wear suits to be good at what you do. He did. I don't think you should have to wear suits to be impressive to clients. He did. He was a little bit off, for sure. But a lot of people in the industry are the same way. I know a guy out in Walnut Creek who named Eric who he puts on a suit almost every day. Clients never come visit him, but he does because he thinks that if they do come to visit him, he should be in a suit. I think that's kind of silly. So my old boss, who we'll call Jack, whose real name was, oddly enough, Jack, one day came in my office and said, I don't need you anymore to pick stocks because God picks my stocks. I'm like, whoa. And he went away. And he didn't ask me to quit. He didn't ask me to resign or anything like that. I don't know if he's going to bring it up again. I don't know. I wrote my resignation letter. I quit, signed it, gave it to him. But on top of that, I wrote, Jack, I'm pretty sure that if there is a God, that he's not a stock picker. And I never looked back. I never thought twice about it. I started my own investment advisory firm at that point in time. I called some friends that I knew who could help me get the job done. And we pulled together and we, we did a good job. This guy was crazier than, you know, the Joker in a Batman movie. And that's one of the biggest problems with basically every industry. I don't like chiropractors. I don't find that there's a medical degree that says chiropractor on it. There's these, like, state interstate highway colleges Yes, you too can go to I-80, I-880 School of Chiropractic. And you're like, what? So I think every industry has got its own set of quacks and kooks and what have you. Um, I think there's some people that shouldn't be teachers. I think there's some people that shouldn't be police officers. I think there's some people that shouldn't be investors, investment advisors. He was one of them. Um, and what's weird is I eventually basically merged my practice on the East Coast and I moved to the West Coast. And greatest thing I ever did because, you know, I was I was done with Washington, D.C. I'm done with New York. No one ever wants to live in Philadelphia. No one. Pittsburgh, it's like an armpit. Would you want to live in an armpit? Probably not. And it smells like urine. Because, like, I'm moving to the West Coast. I had a choice in my head between Portland, Seattle, 
San Francisco or maybe Houston. I've been to Houston enough that there's enough wealth there. There's enough smart people, but it's too hot. You could literally walk down the street and be talking to your buddy, and he turns into a puddle of, of, of like, goo. It's just too hot. You see, you see puddles of dead people there. Too hot. So I came to the Bay Area. Portland, I didn't have enough tattoos. I'd have to fill out an application that'd say, you need 17 tattoos. And I'm like, how many tattoos does someone need to live here? And they're like, 17. And so I have zero, so can't live there. Or I can get like 12 tattoos and three piercings. I got no piercings. I know, isn't that refreshing, ladies? A man with no tattoos and no piercings. It's like men when we fall in love with a woman. And you're like, what the hell is this tattoo all over your back? Oh, I, I was in Tijuana one night. Okay. Cuckoo. Um, I think tattoos should have meaning. I don't think they should be... Uh, Okay, I'll just be quiet. Anyway, um, so I came to the Bay Area. That's how I got here. Um, kind of roundabout way. I was working for a guy who was a little bit on the crazy side. And I decided that that just wasn't for me. So, other stocks that I like. You know, um, we were talking about... Well, I, was, I was telling you about the whole how I got in the industry and why I'm in the industry and why I quit. Because it's not about suits. And it's not... And certainly now that there's a lot of crazy people. So the best thing you could do is figure out someone who's rational to work with, and that's by getting to know them and talking to them. General Mills is a stock that I like a lot. It's a stock that I own. Um, it's a little bit of a problem because to me it, it faces the millennial challenge. I dated a millennial at one point in time who she had absolutely nothing in her kitchen except for rice and in her fridge, I had opened the fridge, and it's nothing but alcohol. A couple pieces of fruit. But her belief was that anything in a box, she doesn't want to eat. She wants everything fresh. So she was kind of a nightmare. Um, a little Facebook stalking later. Right after me, she met a guy. Toured the nation with him for a year. Got a ring on her finger, got married, had a baby. And her head popped off. No, 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 no. That didn't happen. But everything else did. Um, so I could have been him. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I got out as soon as I could. Uh, but it was fun. But she had no Wheaties. She had no Cheerios. The idea of Progresso, nope. Betty Crocker, Pillsbury. Maybe some Yoplait. But she probably wanted fresher yogurt. I think they're called Siggy's. Those are really good yogurts. Very low sugar. So anyway, General Mills is a stock I own with a dividend. I don't own it because Betty Crocker is going to make Cake 2.0. No. Nope. I don't own it because Cheerios is going to make um, a massive investment in infrastructure and change the way we eat Cheerios. It's not going to happen. They operate a leading packaged food firm, 30% share of the U.S. ready-to-eat cereal aisle. 70% share of the refrigerated baked goods. 40% share of the grain snacks. That's pretty impressive. So imagine playing Monopoly and on one street, along with Baltic Avenue and everything, it's they own 40% of the properties. And then you turn the corner and they own 
30% of the properties, including a freaking Franken Railroad. Then you turn another corner and you go down another street of 10, 10 locations, and they own 70%. They own a lot. I mean, that's pretty dominant as far as investors go. And it's not a monopoly, but it's as close to a monopoly as you can get. They bought Annie's. Now, Annie's is natural and organic snacks. And if you have kids now, like if you show up to a baseball game or soccer match or whatever, and you show up with like um, the wrong snack, parents will look at you and go, our kid do not eat a lot of chocolate. It's always the French people that are mad at me, just so you know. I don't know why, but they're always mad at me. And uh, so you can't do that. So you have to bring Annie's or you have to bring something that looks natural and organic. So uh, that is a category that's growing three times faster than overall grocery sales, natural and organic. And people are, they don't even look. It can be natural and organic, but it can have like enough salt to kill a rhinoceros. And they're like, but it's natural and organic. Um, so the U.S. food products, obviously, when you look at them, there's Heinz. Heinz just doesn't own ketchup. They own a lot of things. There's Kraft Foods. They don't just do Kraft macaroni and cheese, which probably kills more people than cigarettes. They own a lot of things, right? They also do, and then there's Kellogg's. Like, and then you start running out of food companies. So food companies dominate. They're pretty impressive at what they do. I'm going to give you one more stock that I own, and then I'm going to be quiet. Colgate Palmolive. I lived in Turkey, and I lived in Greece, and I can tell you that those parts of the world need toothbrushes. Or toothbrushes. Probably toothbrushes because they only have one or two tooths in their head. I hold this tooth to be self-evident that more people in parts of the world need to brush their teeth more. So Colgate's turned into not just a uh, toothbrush company. They do shampoos. They do gels and deodorants. They do shaving products. Their products are sold in over 200 countries. If you get me liquored up, I probably can't name 200 countries. I probably can't even name 100 countries, but they're in 200 of them. International sales for Colgate Palm Olive, it's going to be about 75% of their business. So when you hear the world slowing down, it's going to hit them because people will say, you know what, I don't need to brush my teeth. You know what, I don't need to put on deodorant. But when things are going well, Colgate Palm Olive is going to be doing fine. But when things are going poorly, well, people flock to it because it has a nice dividend. So low interest rates trumps slowing world economy. You with me against me? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter robblackshow.com, YouTube robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm kind of feeling mellow today. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Goal is to get you to retirement. Um, I think it's probably easier said than done, but there's, I guess there's two ways to look at it, right? There's actually doing it and then blowing what you are doing in life, living in the now, and therefore you're kind of like hung out to dry because you can't save for retirement or get to retirement. I don't know exactly what I want retirement to look like for me, but I know that I don't want it to be in a trailer. Nothing wrong with trailer parks, but they ain't for me. Um, so the number one thing you have to start doing is saving money, every paycheck. So before you spend, the first thing in your budget has to be save. And it needs to be 10% to 15% of your salary. And if you're older and you haven't saved anything, it needs to be more. So I can guarantee you'll never get to retirement unless you save money. Um, another thing that you need to do is you need to prioritize your own retirement over your children. This sounds like a really horrible thing that I'm saying out loud. But it's more important for you to save for your retirement than it is to save for your kids' college or to send junior to a private school or a private kindergarten. Seriously, I see a lot of parents just throw everything they can in their children. Your child's education is important. Your number one priority, if you have a family, still has to be retirement. A lot of financial experts put it simply. You can take out loans for your kid's college. You can't take out loans for your retirement. you got to set enough aside to do that. And I love Junior. And Junior's going to grow up to be a good man. He doesn't have to have the best soccer cleats. He doesn't have to have the cutest soccer socks. Mom can cut his hair. Or dad. I'm, I'm living in a feminist world. So moms or dads can cut the kids' hair. Um, you got to rely on more than your 401k for retirement. I can guarantee you won't retire if that's the only thing you do. So find, you need to find other v- saving vehicles. Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs. Uh, put some money aside in a low-cost index fund. Look into online investment platforms known as robo-advisors. There's one of them out there that every time you use it, it'll take, if you like, if you go and charge a buck fifty, or let's say you go to lunch day and it's $10.50, they'll take that extra 50 cents and put it in a savings account for you. That's how you retire wealthy, is you have some things that are automated and automatically happen. When I was 18, I was in a car crash and I got a settlement. And I was like, put it all in investing. So, and I looked at it as a settlement as, and this was kind of interesting, it, it wasn't a lot. Let me throw that out there for you. So I don't want you thinking I'm like some sort of like guy who was injured and, well, it wasn't that bad. It was neck sprain. Um, so I had to go to the hospital. You know, I had to, my, my whole body tightened up. Um, and the insurance company, my brother Dave is an insurance attorney. And he's like, they will pay you $3,000 for a neck sprain. Not a penny more. Not a penny less. If you ask for $5,000, they will go to court because you won't get it. And you could threaten, you could scream, you could yell about how much pain and suffering you're in. Next brain is $3,000. He's the same brother, for the record, by the way, who said if you ever hit someone 
you know, your car, put it in reverse and kill them because a dead person's worth a lot less than a maimed or injured person. Now, he wasn't telling me what to do socially. He was telling me what the medical world and the life insurance world and the attorney's world values people at. Isn't that crazy? So you could literally say, like, if uh, you're at Starbucks today, or I, I don't say Starbucks. Let's say you're at a hypothetical coffee place called Five Bucks, and an umbrella from Five Bucks gets blown in the wind and it falls over and it fractures your arm. There's a mathematical formula for what a fractured arm is worth. And you're not going to get a penny more or they'll go to court. So kind of interesting. So, And again, for the record, I do not recommend putting it in reverse and killing someone. I recommend speeding off as fast as you can. <laughs> Don't let them see the car. If you ever want to like really, really mess with people, Get like a shirt and put some red paint on it and put it like on on your hood. <laughs> Just drive around for a couple days. Drive around San Francisco and see. You'll see if the tourist is going to walk in front of you now. Uh, probably not. Uh, I can guarantee you will never, ever, never get to retirement if you tap into your savings. And if you've done it once, you'll do it again. Um, I know people that are like, I'm going to use my 401k money to buy a house. You'll never get to retirement. And if you do, it's more because you're stupid than because you're smart. So you're always going to have things that you have to pay for. There's always going to be surprises. You know the ones that suck the most are the dental surprises? Because you find out like your health insurance doesn't cover much, if anything, for dental. You could be Delta Dental is a pretty good dental insurance plan, and if you have a good boss, you might be getting some of that kind of action and love. Um, but any dental emergency you have is going to be three thousand dollars minimum, probably upwards of ten thousand dollars, depending on how bad it is. So brush and floss your teeth. You want an emergency fund, or you're not going to get to retirement, because if you have to tap into your investments in the late '80s, early '90s, remember the Michael, smart guy, really, really smart guy. He's works with the Center for Disease Controls. He's a scientist. He's that kind of, and a bucket of chicken more. He's all that. But in the late 80s, early 90s, he needed money. Something happened, I don't know. So he went into his 401k and he used it. And then he didn't quite get that the government was going to charge him a penalty in taxes. He still hasn't saved a penny since then. Had he just left it there, he would have been set for retirement. So anyway, and anyhow, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.